So the passage of scripture is 1 Kings chapter 18, and we're going to uh, read four verses. I'm going to try not to preach them while we read them. Later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe. So we're going to stop here and paint the context. We find ourselves within a text, and there are two things. There's drought and there's famine. There's drought and there's famine. But in the middle of the drought and in the midst of the famine, the prophet receives a word from God that I want to send rain. That I no longer want you to live in doubt. I no longer want you to live in that drought, but I am going to send some rain. We jump down to verse 41 and 42. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and to drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm. Those of you who are taking notes, those of you who want to highlight the primary aspect of this word, it's going to be right here. That there is a mighty rainstorm coming. Scripture says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I, they're here from heaven and, and I will heal their land. So Ahab went to go eat and drink, but Elijah went to go eat with him. That ain't what the text says, is it? Elijah heard a word from God and, and created a story or a thread. That, that's not what it said. Elijah got a word from God and, and began to do a TikTok dance. God is going to bring the rain. No, that's... <laughs> Don't tell my wife I did that. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. Scripture says, but Elijah climbed on top of Mount Carmel, bowed low to the ground, and prayed with his knees, his face between his knees. Today's topic of conversation is make it rain. Make it rain. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to make it rain. It's time to make it rain. Let us pray. God, we turn our attention towards you as we look at your scripture. We pray, God, that you would give us a word in season, that you will reveal to us what it is that you're doing in our life and that which you have determined to already do. And for those of us whose mind kind of went off track when we said make it rain, God, help them bring it back in. <laughs> bring it back in. In your name we pray, amen. 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 Make it rain, make it rain, make it rain. Men and women have been trying to make it rain since the beginning of time. <laughs> and today, I want to convince you and show you how to become a rainmaker. Most recently, uh, in our modern time period, they began to try to make it rain around 1870. There were parts of the world that would experience severe drought and famine. And recognizing that they needed to come up with a solution, there were 70 years of experiments where they tried to make it rain, but they could not make it rain. They tried through prayer. They tried through fireworks. They tried everything possible, but they could not make it rain. 
But then in the 1940s, uh, a couple of men and women came up with the idea of putting dry ice into a plane full of carbon monoxide, and they flew into a cloud. And as a result of flying into the cloud, they released the dry ice. And all of a sudden, from the ground, there was an explosion of snow. The people down below were marveled by it, and they even had a little joke and said, today they figured out how to make it rain or make it snow. Tomorrow, they're going to walk on water. After that experiment, year after year, they begin to perfect the method. But during a scientific conversation, they said, what was different? We tried for 70 years to make it rain, but what was different now that you made it rain? And there was one important factor is that they flew into a cloud that was already full of precipitation. That while they were, had the ability to make it rain, they could not make it rain out of pure nothing. The cloud had to already be full of precipitation. The cloud had to already be designed to snow. It had to already be designed to make it rain. And they were able to just come alongside it and accelerate. For us, that gives a spiritual implication that as we're in this time of prayer and fasting and as we dig into talking about how to make it rain, let me be very clear. You're not trying to force God to do anything. You're not trying to tell God what it should be done, but it's recognizing that as a spiritual rainmaker that we, number one, have an awareness of what God is doing. We see here in the text in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1, it says that the Lord came to Elijah and said, I'm going to make it rain. It's very interesting because if you turn back one chapter, it was the Lord who said there will be no rain. Like to just insert here in a moment that sometimes the word that God said before is the word that gets in the way of us hearing the word for now. That it's important that we don't just hear for the past, but we hear in the present. This kind of hits personal with me because as we announce, we're excited about the launch of Falls Church. And so I wrestled a bit and I'm like, God, did I miss it? Was I not supposed to plant a church? And God said, no, the same word that you heard to plant the church is the same word that's telling you to transition. Because I sat in this room doing builders saying, God, I want more impact. God, I want to make a difference. And because I prayed a prayer about impact, God responded in a way. And if I was not careful, I could have missed what God was saying because I was holding on to an expired word. So if we're going to be a rainmaker, we have to not just have heard from God, but we have to position ourselves to continue to hear from God, recognizing that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Oh, it's feeling like home today. So the first part is I have to have a spiritual awareness of God, but in my spiritual awareness of God, I must also verbally align with God. God said to Elijah, go tell the king that I'm going to bring rain. It was the same king to whom he told there would be no rain. Perhaps what may get in the way of us seeing the rain of God is that we have to go back and tell people things that we told them we would never say. That, that, that I got to go back and apologize. 
I may have to go back and say, you know, I said I would never do that, but what I meant was, right? I I have to be willing to verbally align. I can't just sit in my quiet time and hear from God, but then say things that's contrary to what God is saying. So as a spiritual rainmaker, I have to have an awareness of God. I have to verbally align with God, and I have to be willing to take all of my efforts and all of my actions to see the will of God done. Just to give you for 60 seconds some biblical precedents, we see that God spoke to the children of Israel, and he said, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to deliver you. But he used a man named Moses. God, for some reason, has tied himself to humanity, that even though God says, I'm going to set you free, there still had to be somebody that says, yes, I'm willing to come in agreement with God and help make it rain. I'm willing to stand in a gap for someone who needs salvation. I'm willing to stand in a gap for someone who needs healing or someone who needs deliverance. We see it with Hannah. She had a promise of a child, but the child didn't show up. So what did she do? She prayed. She fasted. She sought after God. She said, God, if you give me this child, I'll give the child back to you. And as a result, she made it rain. We see the story of Samson. We see it with the woman with the issue of blood, that while she may have had that disease, she had a word from God that healing was hers. So after year one, she didn't see it, but she kept making it rain. How did she make it rain? Pastor, I'm still not tracking with you. She prayed and she pursued. She, she prayed and she pursued. She, she recognized that there's a promise that God has for me. And if I can say what God said, I will see what God promised. So as we talk today and as we dive into this, as we're in this season of fasting, I'm sorry, feasting, as we're in this season of feasting and praying, I believe, now, you know, again, I'm not going to give you the whole get ready, get ready, get ready, but feel that energy, okay? <laughs> feel, okay, feel the energy. That as we are seeking the face of God, God's response is, I'm about to send a rainstorm. That, that as we wake up in the morning and drive here at 6 a.m. and slide in at 6.30 because I misjudged it. As I wake up online and I got to get my kids ready at 4.30 so I can drop them off, so I can be at the office praying. As I make the sacrifice to seek after God, God is saying, I see you and I'm about to make it rain. I don't know what area in your life where you may have drought or you may have famine, but my encouragement to you today is when you see drought, do not be led into doubt. Do not allow the famine to lead you into fear, but allow it to drive you to faith. Because the word for today, the word for this season is our God is about to bring the rain. Our God is about to show up in an amazing and a miraculous way. There is no way that we can humble ourselves and seek after God and our God not respond. So can I give you three thoughts, three ideas to help you be a rainmaker, to help you to see that which God has intended to be in your life. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, here we go. So I'm going to give you a bit of context. I don't know if you noticed, but I jumped from verse 3 all the way down to verse 41. But that's because what happens in this text, Pastor Stephen has done an amazing job at sharing it and at, um, 
at, at showing us how in this series of mention that we have to persevere through resistance. Now, if you all don't mind me, I'd like to pause for a moment because I did not honor our pastors, Pastor Stephen and Pastor Zai. Over the past 10 years, I have had the ability to see their life up close. I've had the ability to see the move from Woodlawn to the high school and from the high school to the Columbia campus and from there into this space. And there is no couple that I know of more that has modeled the principle of what it looks like to make it rain, who will stand in a gap and begin to intercede on behalf of that which God wants to do in the earth. So if you can with me, uh, help me to honor our pastors, Pastor Stephen and Pastor Zai. I also just gave you a principle that, that it's hard to walk into a blessing if you're not willing to honor the blessing on somebody else's life. That, that one way to make it rain is to acknowledge what God is doing and to honor that in the lives of others. Scripture says that we're to rejoice with those who rejoice. Back onto my text. And so in this next passage of Scripture, we see that Elijah goes after King Ahab. King Ahab was his arch nemesis. That for three years, the king was going after Elijah because he felt like it was Elijah's fault that there was no rain. And so Elijah walked up and he ran into a member of the king's staff and said, hey, go tell the king that I'm looking for him. The person was like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. no. I love my life. And you over here being led by the spirit of God and I don't know where you're going to be tomorrow. Like, don't you know? He started reading receipts. Don't you know I was the one who hid the hundred prophets of God? Don't, don't you know I was the one who, who is fighting on behalf of the Lord? There are times when we are going after that which God has called us to that well-meaning people may present a level of resistance. Not because they're trying to be bad, but they didn't receive the word that you received. So Elijah didn't rebuke him. He just said, hey, go tell him it's about to rain. So he persevered through, and there is this great battle. If you get a time, uh, read through it. It's a, a battle on Mount Carmel. And in essence, the basic principle here is that there's always a fight between God and the adversary. That, that, that anytime you are attempting to make it rain, the adversary will offer a different way to make it rain. That anytime you are looking to go after God, that there will be a shortcut offered. That for us, what it may look like is instead of praying to God, somebody may say, just go get some crystals. <laughs> that instead of praying through my prayer 21 book, I may just go try to light some incense because it's just a little easier. But for us, we must be reminded that in order for us to walk into what God has for us, we have to have courage and confidence. That, that just because I face resistance doesn't mean that God doesn't want to do it. 
And I cannot try to go through a shortcut because the way that I have to go through seems difficult. Sometimes we just have to repeat what God says. This is my first point. With courage and confidence. Courage is not the absence of fear, but it is the acknowledgement that something better exists. So the first step, the first thing that we have to do is we have to repeat what God said with courage and confidence. Courage and confidence. Courage and confidence. We see this with Elijah when he walked up to the king after there was this great battle. He then told the king in verse 41, go get something to eat and to drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Exclamation point. Hey, y'all, nothing changed. But because he had a word from God, because he knew he who promised was faithful, He was able to say to the king with assurance that my God, the one who healed me, the one who saved me, the one who redeemed me will answer by rain. What does that look like for me, Pastor Rashad? I'm glad you asked that as you stand in the middle of your version of famine, that as you stand in the middle of your version of drought. Now, can we be real? I know you blessed and highly favored and and you look back over the past five years of your life and and you are not where you used to be, but we all have an area of our life where we need God to show up. We all have an area, whether it be my own personal life or whether it be on behalf of somebody else. And so it's in that space where we receive a word from God. For those of us who are part of Union Church, it looks like I know God's word is that I'm supposed to know God. So if there's any area of my life where I feel like my relationship is lacking with God, I can say that as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. We know that it is our desire to walk into freedom. So that means that if there's anything that has more control in my life more than God, that I know that it is God's will and desire for me to be set free for that. So when I get up for prayer 21, I recognize that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed, that there is nothing that shall have control of me but the Holy Spirit. I have that word from God. I know that it is God's desire for me to walk into my purpose, to walk into the destiny and the calling that God has for me. So there's an area of my life where I feel like I'm not doing that. I can stand on the word of God and know that God has called me to make an impact, that I I know that I'm supposed to be a light. And so sometimes Sometimes some of us are like, Pastor, I ain't heard no word. Just read the book. I'm going to help you. If your marriage is in shambles, the word of the Lord is God wants to restore that marriage. If you have people in your life or in your family who was not saved, the word of the Lord is, I want to save that person. If there is disease in your body, the word of the Lord is, I want to heal that. That if God has called you to make a business, as Pastor Stephen said, I believe last week, that we censor that upon God and then we make an impact. That that, that we have a word from God. So point number one is you have to repeat it with courage and with confidence. Because sometimes, y'all, it's hard to be confident. And you got to be willing to do it even when you don't want to do it. Reminds me of a story when I was in grade school. I was in grade school with my cousin William. And my cousin William was big and bad, and he was known for his physical appearance and his strength. 
Meanwhile, I was known for my intelligence and curly hair. And so someone thought that it was that, you know, they began to make fun of me. Um, and for no other reason other than I later found out I had curly hair and they didn't. And so they would make fun of me every day and almost be like, what you going to do? What you going to do? And I was like, um, well, I will insult you with words, but I'm not going to get into a physical altercation. <laughs> I, I use my brain, not my fist, right? And so I told my, brother, my, my cousin William about the incident. And he was like, Rashad, you got to have some confidence. I was like, yeah, I'm confident that I don't want to get into a fight. <laughs> That's what I'm confident of. And he was like, no, 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 no. This is what you do. First, you tell them that I said. That I said, if they mess with you one more time, that you are going to introduce them to your twins. He did this because I had no idea. I'm like, I'm, I'm not a twin. What are you talking about? But he said, you're going to introduce you to the twins. And I said, but, but I don't, I've never gotten into a fight. He said, don't worry. I got your back. So the situation happened, and the person addressed me in the cafeteria. My legs were shaking. <laughs> but I looked over and saw my cousin, and, and I said, if you... If you <laughs> My cousin said, if you call me curly head one more time, and immediately he started to go away. It had nothing to do with my ability. Clearly, I was scared. But because there was someone who had a reputation, there was someone who had proved a proven track record. It reminds me of in the book of Hebrews, it says he, talking about God, who promised is faithful. He who gave you the promise will come through on the promise. And so as you repeat and say what God said, you may be scared. You may not feel like it, but recognize that you don't have the responsibility of making it rain. But the God whom you serve, who is faithful and just, the God whom you serve, who has never failed you, never left you, nor forsaken you, is the God that's going to come through. Hebrews chapter 10 says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Don't, don't, don't allow the famine and the drought to cause you to lose your confidence in God. But the scripture goes on and it says in verse 36 that you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what's promised. What is perseverance? I believe in this context, perseverance is the ability for us to continue to be consistent in the same direction. It's, it's for us to persevere. It's for us to continue to move forward. Let's go back to our story. The prophet is in a situation, I believe we're at verse 42 or 43. And so he tells the king, go grab something to eat. And then he begins to pray. And as he's praying, as he's interceding, this is a specific type of prayer. It's called intercession, where I hear and I believe I know what God wants to do. And I'm going to stand in the earth as to what I'm calling a rainmaker. And I'm going to intercede on behalf of that being seen in the earth. But then the scripture says, as he began 
to pray. He sent his servant and said, go over and tell me what you see. Is there a cloud? And the text said that the servant came back and said, I don't see nothing. He sent him back again a second time and said, I don't see anything. He sent him a third time and said, I don't see anything. Now, I don't know about you. After about the third time, I would have got up and said, clearly, you ain't seeing right. Let, let me go help you. Let me, clearly, you know, you need my assistance. But no, he kept praying. He kept showing up at 6 a.m. He kept logging on. He kept praying. He kept declaring. He kept doing the activity necessary. This leads me to point number two. Say it until you see the cloud. Don't say it just to say it, but say it until you see the cloud. This leads us to consistency. Some of us experience inconsistent results because we have inconsistent activity. We have to be consistent. We have to just commit that as a child of God, I'm going to seek after God. We have to just decide that God is my priority. There is nothing else more important than God. So in, with this point, I have two thoughts. I told you I'm a teacher, right? So just walk with me. It requires consistency and congruence, okay? Consistency in the activity of prayer. That you just have to now, you know, just decide that you're going to spend time with God every day. Can, can I just help you? Just, if you were dating somebody, you talk to them several times a day. So just decide, I'm going to spend time with God every day. Scientifically, 50% of what we do is non-conscious. So that means that 50% of what we do, we just do out of habits. That's the reason that you say, I'm going to stop eating ice cream when I get home, but then you have a stressed out day, and what do you go to? The ice cream. That's the reason you say, okay, I'm going to stop going on social media, but you've conditioned yourself to go. So what prayer does is it creates a new spiritual habit. That where I'm seeking after God, I'm going after God. So the first thing that we need is consistency. The second thing is congruence. Congruence. What is congruence? Congruence is that my actions line up with what I'm saying. Congruence is I'm praying and I'm declaring that my marriage will be as healthy as God has called it to be. But congruence, I create a date night. Congruence is that I do not interfere with my intercession by saying something opposite than what I want. The book of James, it tells us that blessing and cursing should not come out the same mouth. That, that if I'm looking for the blessing of God, I should not be saying cursing. I'm going to just insert something. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Only that which is the good to the edifying. Can I just help you for 30 seconds? Stop complaining. Stop gossiping. Stop responding according to bitterness. Scripture tells us not to do those things. But in the context of right now, you don't want to be saying, God, 
I'll make it personal. Well, no, I'm going to get in trouble if I make it personal. So we're not going to make it personal. We don't want to be praying for someone we love, but then be complaining to them. We don't want to pray for our kids to walk into the fullness that God has called them to, but in our house be not celebrating and exalting the Lord. That there's this idea that I must not just pray on my knees, but I must embody the prayer. That if I'm believing for a healing, I'm willing to change my lifestyle, but also I'm changing my words. That if I'm believing for someone to be saved, Scripture says, and then I'm going to move on because some of y'all don't get mad at me. But Scripture says, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So if I'm believing for God to show up in somebody's life, it's with loving kindness does he draw thee. Some of us are believing for a spouse, but we say no to every date. What do you think is going to happen that you're going to just be praying and all of a sudden the man or woman is going to walk up and God is like, oh, this is the person. Our second point is, oh, I'm about to get in trouble, but I'm going to give you all some tea, okay? The second point is there must be cons- that, that I need to pray until I see a cloud. A cloud is that I can naturally see something that gives me the assurance that I know this may be what God is doing. Reminds me of a story with uh, Pastor Stephen. So I am, feels good to be able to tell a story about him <laughs> on his platform. So as you, know, as you all have heard, I'm married to his sister. And he was the one who consistently encouraged us to get to know each other. Go get to know each other, get to know each other. And so we dated for about six weeks, but it was like group dating. Like her and all the Chandlers came and half the church. We went and saw Batman Returns like three times, right? The whole church family was there. And so we're, you know, group dating, group dating, group dating. Everything is cool. But then there came a time where he was like, yo, bro, like, are you feeling it or not? Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling it. You know, like, well, you know, you're going to shoot your shot. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I just want to make sure we good. He's like, listen, forget about me. If that's your wife, you better go after it, right? Somebody say, yes, tell him that. <laughs> you hear that? So finally, I, walk, I work up the nerves. And I said, okay, I'm going to have this conversation. So I'm waiting for everybody to leave. I walk up to her. I'm going to help somebody. I walk up to her and I say, hey, I've enjoyed getting to know you. And I think there could be more here. And so I would like to go through the process of getting to know each other exclusively. And if any one of us feel like it's not God, we can leave. I said exclusive. I don't believe in competing with anybody. If if you're going to get to know me, you're going to get to know me. If you don't want to get to know me, then go get to know somebody else. And so, I'm having a conversation with her, and I say that, and she's like, yeah, you know, okay, you know, you know, she, she's feeling me. If you, really, she was like, what took you so long? A whole different conversation. But, so, we go, and we have it where we decide to kind of get to know each other. And so, we're talking, and 11 o'clock turns into 12 o'clock, and we're outside. There is no physical interaction 
We're just outside talking, outside talking. It's getting later. It's getting later. I'm like, maybe you should go home. She's like, oh, no, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Later, I found out she should have went home. She's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. So we're talking. We're talking. We're talking. It's now 6 o'clock in the morning. I know. It's now 6 o'clock in the morning, right? And so I, we go to the gas station, help her pump gas, and then she just goes home. So that was a Friday night. Saturday morning, she walks into what was then Destiny Harvest Church. And Pastor Stephen's like, what were you talking about for so long? She was like, what do you mean? You know, like, he was like, you were talking till six in the morning. I was in the bushes. I should have knew then that something was up. He was in the bushes because while he consistently encouraged me to connect with her, he had to see, could he trust her with me? He had to see with his own eyes. He had to see his version of a cloud. I'm not telling you to be in nobody's bushes, okay? But the point is, is that in the midst of consistency, I just keep moving forward until I see it. He had to see. I know he said he loved God and he on staff at a church, but can I trust him with my sister? Right? And it's that same idea that, that we have to look for a cloud. We have to look for a sign that this is what God is going to do. So then we go back to the next verse. I believe it's verse 44. And the scripture says, finally. Finally, he saw a cloud. This leads to the third point. Don't stop until it's done. Recognize that he prayed until he saw the cloud. He didn't stop before he saw the cloud. But once he saw the cloud, his prayer from his knees then moved to his feet. It said, finally, the seventh time, he told his servant, there's a little cloud coming from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb in your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. There's a tension here. Some of us, we start praying and we stop too soon. We say, I did prayer and fasting in January. I'm good till the next January. Or we say, I've done seven days. I got my word. Now I'm going to go. No, no. He prayed until it was clear that this is what God was doing. But there's also some of us who are praying for too long. Recognizing when we pray for intercession, it's for the purpose of seeing a result. That, that at a certain point, when I know what God is doing and I'm clear about what God is going to do, that my prayer turns from just interceding to actually being in alignment with what God is doing. We have to be willing to recognize when God is preparing us. And sometimes we wait so long that the blessing then becomes a burden. Did you see it in the text? He said, tell him to go. Otherwise, the rain will get in the way. That there are some things that God is doing in your life. That there are some ways that God is moving. And you have to have the courage and the confidence that when you are clear that it is God, that you will move forward. And that you don't over-spiritualize indecisiveness. That we don't spiritually rationalize the fact that I don't want to make a move. But when you see a cloud, know that it's time to move. That's one part. Now, the other part of this is... And I hear you. 
Flowers, I hear you. Columbia, I hear you. UBC, I hear you. Some of y'all are saying, yeah, pastor, but while I'm praying, everybody else is working. I feel like if I pray, I'm going to be left behind. I feel like if I work six days and take off the Sabbath, then my business won't grow. I feel I realize if I hold out, that the person will never show up. But the story doesn't end here. We see in verse 46, it says, Then the power of the Lord came on Elijah. Tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Elijah prayed until he saw a cloud. And because he committed to cause it to rain in a way that honors God, there was a supernatural power. There was a supernatural ability. The old school saints say that God's super came on his natural. And when it seemed like he was behind, when it seemed like he was left out, all of a sudden, there was an acceleration that came. Pastor Zai said yesterday in prayer that our proximity to God creates acceleration. And I believe that there are some of you who are concerned or you're worried about, will I be left out? And I just got good news for you. God said that I have already determined that there will be rain. And the God who has the ability to create rain can also determine the timetable. So don't become discouraged. Don't become dismayed. But if you commit to number one, I must say what God has said with courage and confidence. And if you pray, if you intercede, if you go in until you see a cloud, then I can guarantee you according to scripture that you will see the reign of God come into your life. I believe that those who are believing God for salvation of your loved ones, if you keep praying and you keep seeking after God, salvation will come to your household. There are those of us who are believing for healing and we're like the woman of the issue of blood. If you just keep praying, you just keep saying it. God is going to heal me. God is going to bring a miracle in my body. God is going to bless my business. God is going to work all things out for my good. As you see that, you can guarantee that the God who saves you will answer with rain. Can I pray for you? Let's bow our head and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? God, we know that you have called us to be rainmakers, those who will come in agreement with you. And we'll pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we pray, God, today that you will give us the courage and confidence to say what you have said. We pray, God, that you will give us the perseverance to press through until we see a cloud. And God, we pray that you will give us the grace to follow through until it's done. I thank you, God, that every person under the sound of my voice who is committing to do things God's way, that there will be a supernatural grace a supernatural power and strength that today they'll leave this place, that, that they'll leave this place, that they'll leave viewing online knowing that God is with them and all they have to do is just align with you and know that you have determined to make it rain. Now, there are some of us who may not have a relationship with God and you're like, yes, I want to make it rain, but the issue is I don't have a relationship with the rainmaker. Well, I have good news for you. 
is that scripture says that every time we gather, there's an invitation which comes from God to come into a relationship. It says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart to the Lordship of Jesus, and if we just pray the prayer that we will be welcomed into the family of God. And so for some of you, you may have never had a relationship with God and, and God has been stirring and preparing you and today he's pulling you. Or it could be that you had a relationship with God, but you kind of veered off. Today, if you would just repeat this prayer after me, then you will be welcomed into the family of God. And so I want those who are accepting Jesus as well as those who already have a relationship with Jesus to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that you are the Lord of my life and you are the bringer of rain. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for accepting me into the family of God. I renounce my old lifestyle and I commit to follow after you. Thank you for loving me and accepting me. In your name I pray. Amen. Union, let's celebrate all those who made that decision for Christ.